Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Well, a very good Saturday morning to you, just after the hour of 8 o'clock here in Seattle and its beautiful environs. This is Drive Time Radio. My name is New York Vinny. We thank you so much for coming along uh, on our automotive ride this Saturday morning. We've got a, a, a jam-packed show for you today as we will get a chance to take you into the clouds. If you are you know, from Seattle, you know about the cloud and the clouds. Well, we're going to take you to the cloud today, and we get a chance to do that with uh, Zoran Lazowski, who is the CEO of Volkswagen the Automotive Cloud Unit, which is located right here in Seattle. That's right. There are uh, car makers are looking at Seattle uh, and always have looked at Seattle, obviously, because of Microsoft and Amazon and various components of the car business. Uh, but uh, automotive makers, uh, manufacturers, uh, d- distributors, jobbers have always looked at this area as a place. And Volkswagen decided uh, that this would be the place to plant their um, technology hub for all of these cars uh, that they put out. There's several brands. You know, it's not just Volkswagen, but you have a number of different brands in that family. Porsche, Audi, uh, so on and so forth. So we'll... Talk to Zoran about that coming up a little bit later in the show. Uh, we got a cartoon for you this morning uh, and also a drive time review. But a sad note we start uh, the day on today is, uh, you know, I get up to do this show usually about uh, 4.30 or so. Get it all together, edit what I got to edit and everything. I like to do it in one flow. And uh, as soon as I turned on my telephone this morning, uh, saw the news that Larry King, uh, the radio and television personality, uh, really, uh, you know, and, and obviously well-known for his television show on CNN, but to uh, us radio people, Larry King was known as a radio personality, and the guy you wanted to uh, be like in many ways, not always, but in many ways, uh, had passed away last night. And... Um, uh, you know, it's it, it's sad news. Uh, obviously, sad news when anybody passes away that uh, that holds that kind of stature in a business uh, or ha- has done certain things in their lives. And Larry King accomplished it all. He went from doing a uh, a show down in Miami, being a guy with a New York accent, doing a show in Miami. Boy, where do I uh, where do I know that from? And um, and being very very successful at the top of his game, uh, you, uh, I, I think by the time the '80s rolled around and CNN rolled around, you, um, you know, by late by the late '80s, you had to be on Larry's show if you wanted to get anywhere. And what I liked about Larry King is he wasn't political in the sense that he would have the politicians on, and he might have had his favorites and not his favorites, but he wasn't pushing a political point of view to you. He was interviewing a politician as he would interview a a rock star or interview a comedian or interview anybody else and let them do the talking. Ask, Ask the good questions, the right questions, and he had a few foibles and strange things going on in his career. But as far as an interviewer, and as far as somebody that you should watch and should learn from as far as interviewing people, he wasn't a guy who tried to push his point of view on you. His job was to get your point of view out of you. And to and, and when he took phone calls to moderate those phone calls and let people ask the questions that the audience was thinking, and he did that masterfully. Uh, he did that on his radio show masterfully when he was down in Miami, and even after when he did the nationally syndicated show on the Mutual Radio Network. He excelled. At, uh, at entertaining people. 
And that's what we're in this for. I mean, we, you know, we do cars here, but the whole point here is this is show business. This is meant to entertain you to be a companion to you, uh, whether you're lonely at night or you're working during the day or you're driving to work, from work, picking up the kids from school. Larry King was never angry. Or if he was, he, he hit it well. Larry King was never a guy uh, that you looked at and said, man, I'm going to go down to his rally Because he let you think what you should stand for and gave you the facts so you could understand what you should, what you could stand for, what you wanted to stand for. He didn't pound on you what you should stand for. He didn't make you angry listening to him. He made you informed. And a lot of times he made you happy. He had good guests. He had comedians. I mean, his shows were Don Rickles. Um, even the whole weird thing with Jerry Seinfeld that went on with him were still great shows. You might have known that he was a, a, a liberal guy from Brooklyn, but he didn't go on the air every night uh, punching that theory down your throat. He went on the air that, that night and every night of his career hoping he could get you to think and to laugh. And that's, that's an art that in radio today has become lost. Is the, uh, you, you know, that, that the radio host is a, is a vessel for you to learn things through. And that's what I hope we do in some small way here on this show. And when I do talk radio shows, uh, as, as I do around the country, I hope that we entertain you and we get you to think about things and we get you to appreciate things more. I don't want to pound my political views down your throat. I don't want to pound my dogma down. I don't want to pound you with anything. I want you to walk away from listening to a show with me, much as Larry King did, and say, boy, I got a laugh. I learned a little something. Uh, maybe he ticked me off a little bit about something because he didn't agree with me, but he still thought about it logically, and he had his thought, and I had my thought, and that was it. So, uh, Larry, hope that you, uh, you have a whole new field of people to interview. I hope you get to sit down with some of the greats that you never got a chance to down here and, um, and find out what uh, is on their mind. I'll always remember that... Uh, that show that you did in Miami on WQAM. I think it's 620 WQAM uh, down there in the 60s. When at night you could turn those radio stations up and listen to them. And hear uh, things from far away places like Miami and Chicago and uh, Detroit and Toronto and St. Louis and Washington, D.C. and Miami and Florida. Because of these, uh, you know, Clear Channel stations. Not the, the radio company, but Clear Channel 50,000 watt. Nobody else is on this frequency in the entire country stations. And you could hear Larry King on one of those stations. And he could talk to you and you could, you could keep that transistor radio on your pillow at night. Or maybe by then you would graduate it to something a little bit bigger. That maybe had a little shortwave on it as well. And you could form your view, uh, uh, your worldview, at a very early age. So, um, rest in peace, Larry. Thank you for the lessons, for the education, and uh, for uh, all the great interviews. I know a lot of people out there really, really uh, appreciate it. I know I did. Okay, uh, we will come back and spend some time talking to... Uh, Zoran Levzovsky, he is the CEO of Volkswagen Automotive, the cloud unit that is here, the automotive cloud unit. You'll learn a lot of good stuff in this interview, I think, about, uh, about the cloud and where it's going and where it's been and why you should be thinking about it because uh, it's going to be in all of our cars uh, at some point in the future. And will you be glad it's there 
or not glad it's there. Well, it depends on if you see black helicopters or not. I guess this is drive time. I'm New York Vinny right here on 1150 KKNW. No matter how you say it, Cruce con la verde, en el medio pierde. It always means the same thing. Attraversate soltanto al segnale verde, mai nel mezzo della strada. Cross at the green, not in between. Que arriba de gas, norden wenn es green, nicht erges zwischen den mitten vom block. It means cross at the corner, never in the middle of the block. Don't walk until the light turns green. Always cross at corners where motorists expect you and where you can see them. Cross at the green, not in between. In any language, it's a way of life. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Use your eyes to look up. Use your ears to hear. Walk up to the corner when the coast is clear. And wait, and wait, until you see the light turn green. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. Back here on Drive Time Radio, very good Saturday morning to you, New York, Vinny, hanging out with you here on 1150 KKNW. And one of the great things about uh, observing the automotive business at this time is you get to see so many new technical breakthroughs, uh, both um, 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 technologically as far as how the car drives, and maybe even more exciting and more important is how the car communicates with the driver and also with outside sources because these days every car has to communicate with the outside in one way or another, whether it be for service, whether it be in case you get into an accident, whether it be for autonomous driving, which will uh, be coming down the street before you know it, um, you know, different safety measures. If you have to have a safe car, cars are going to have to communicate with other cars with, um, you know, uh, traffic lights, with road signs. We see it every day more and more uh, in all the vehicles that we buy, the newer vehicle that you buy, the more your car communicates with something. But what does it communicate with? Where do the signals go that come out of your car? Well, I figure what better person to ask uh, about those questions and some of the other questions we may have is uh, one of the people who belong to a company that is so innovative in this area uh, that uh, they decided they wanted to be where the action is uh, to, um, to soak up all of the technology they could. So they brought their cloud, uh, their overseeing of all their manufactured cars to Seattle. Where else would you go? Well, some people will say Detroit, some will say Memphis, but um, Volkswagen has decided that Seattle is the place. They have placed their uh, North American Automotive Cloud Unit here in Seattle. Zoran Lozowski is the CEO of that unit. We get a chance to spend a couple of minutes with him to find out a little bit more about the cloud and how it will affect you and I as we drive or walk down the street. Zoran, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Vinny. Thank you very much for this opportunity to share a piece of our story with you. Uh, thank you for taking the time to uh, share it. So tell, tell me a little bit, tell our listeners a little bit, first of all, about the cloud, about what it, it is in relation to uh, the automotive space and how it affects us in our daily use of that car. Oh, of course, Vinny. Uh, before we get into sort of the, the cloud or the cloud software perspective, one thing that I do want to share is, is Volkswagen as an automotive, automotive manufacturer um, in the last two years put in excess of 20 million vehicles uh, on the road. So that's a lot of miles that are being driven. And all of these vehicles uh, have these sensors on them. These sensors are collecting a tremendous amount of data. Uh, that, as you mentioned in the intro, the data is, is going somewhere 
at the point that you have it, what do you do with it? What can you do with it? What are the problems that you can solve? What are the new experiences that you can deliver to customers? That's the intention behind Volkswagen Automotive Cloud. So what it is, is uh, what we're delivering with the team in Seattle is the cloud platform for all Volkswagen connected vehicles globally. And the, the as you mentioned in your intro as well, uh, we chose Seattle, uh, otherwise known obviously as Cloud City, with some of the technology tenants that are that are within the city as to to, to be the innovation hub uh, for what we're intending to deliver uh, for the for the software uh, components of, of of this platform. Now we hear so much about the cloud when it uh, is regard to like Amazon services or Microsoft or many of the different Apple and 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 so people are familiar with the basics of it, but tell me, take me a little bit more into the automotive cloud, because that would seem to me uh, to be a bit uh, different and uh, certainly maybe even more high-tech because you're keeping track of moving objects all over the place. Then the regular cloud we think of, about when you go in and ask Alexa what time it is or something like that. Sure. Uh, if I may take you on a little bit of a journey between two very extreme examples, one very easy to understand from the perspective of uh, command and control of your vehicle, uh, and this has been around for a very long time. You, you're, you're, you're somewhere, you lost your keys, or you, you potentially somehow put, left the keys in the trunk and you shut the lid. Uh, uh, the opportunity to remotely unlock your car with your mobile device. There's an application on your phone. Uh, you, you log into the application. You click unlock trunk or unlock door. Boom, you're back into your car. And in the simplest form, this is you as the owner of the vehicle that's authorized to, to execute that action, can perform that action on that asset, that vehicle, uh, that then you can now send this signal to. Now let's move on. That's one example of, of how the cloud becomes very important in terms of uh, the messaging associated to perform that action. Now let's take that a step further to, to a little bit more of an advanced use case. Uh, in, in, again, you mentioned autonomous driving. But how do you how do you push down uh, the appropriate or new driving models to the vehicle? How do you continue to improve the in-vehicle experience uh, to a vehicle that's already been produced uh, and it's already on the road? Well, the way you do that is through the cloud. You collect the information and the telemetry off of the vehicle from the cameras and the sensors that uh, that are just naturally being collected as the car is being used. Use that data. Use perception. Use com computer vision uh, to build it better and better. Uh, autonomous driving models, leveraging advancements in, in artificial intelligence and machine learning. Uh, all the while, you know, in increasing safety and making the occupant, and I say occupant, experience that much more delightful. Really reinventing the in-vehicle experience and, and, and redefining premium. When, when we talk about the occupant and the driver and the passenger experience and how we reinvent that, I know that a lot of people, and a lot of people always say to me, well, I'm worried about people that are on the road with nothing but a horn and a radio in their car uh, that they're not paying attention. How does the cloud, um, uh, how, what safeguards are built into the cloud, I should say, and to the cars, obviously, uh, that prevent that distracted driving fear that many people have? Sure. Um, well, one of the advancements that Volkswagen's been able to put in, in, into its uh, into its vehicles, uh, even today, and this is technology that exists today, is is, is the presense. And what presense does is it leverages the the the, the tech that's already on board in the vehicle uh, to sense when things are occurring at at uh, rates that they normally shouldn't. As an example, the vehicle in front of you with sudden braking, or uh, a vehicle to the side of you is is starting to swerve into its lane. The sensors of the vehicle will detect that. And, and then naturally not, not take completely take over the vehicle, but will nudge the vehicle, uh, you know, uh, into a direction. Uh, there will absolutely be braking that will be applied for your vehicle in, into, you know, in a, in a collision type situation. Uh, these are things that are happening, uh, today in, in, in kind of a more, more simple state. Going forward in the future, this is absolutely where the other sensors and the technology and the cameras inside of the Volkswagen vehicles will play a bigger part in terms of being able to be much more reactive uh, to given situations on the roadway faster than any human possibly could. Zoran Lazowski is with us. He is the CEO of the Volkswagen Automotive Cloud Unit right here in Seattle, uh, which is, uh, you know, a great mark, uh, a great um, thing for Seattle, you know, being the tech hub uh, and place that we are that uh, always is coming up with these new ideas. I'm thinking I just gave the reason for why Volkswagen decided to locate 
the uh, your division, your business here, as opposed to maybe Texas or some other uh, city in the Southwest. Yeah, you bring up a you bring up a really good point, um, and that's a great question in terms of you know why, why Seattle, and and the answer is quite simple actually. Uh, with given the amount of technology that is that is in this market. Uh, we felt that, and this is a testament to the foresight and the strategic planning that we owe to the Volkswagen executives uh, back at headquarters in Germany, uh, recognizing that one thing that Volkswagen can do very, very well is, is the manufacture of vehicles. Obviously, with the number, you know, the number one uh, automotive manufacturer on the planet in terms of in terms of being, you know, uh, uh, manufacturing vehicles and selling of vehicles. The technology space was an area we wanted to build an internal competence in, and we wanted to learn from the, the best of the best. So where do you go? If you take a look at uh, who's in Seattle, it's really no secret the, the, the global tech giants and the innovations that are coming out of this particular market. And we really wanted to, to, to uh, uh, purposely position ourselves really close to our strategic technology partners so that we can not only work closer together, but also learn from them, bring in that software DNA, bring in that software mindset and that culture to to uh, uh, help us build this technology platform that we're taking forward that we call Volkswagen Automotive Cloud. Uh, this was the right place to us. We started uh, you know, from the incorporation of, of, our, of our unit in, you know, uh, you know, last summer, uh, well, I shouldn't say last summer, but June of 2019, uh, I joined the company as, a, as employee number three in September of 2019. Uh, at where we sit today from, from a software expertise standpoint, we have 170 experts that come from some of the biggest globally recognized uh, technology brands and experienced brands on the planet. Uh, you know, uh, without getting into the, the, some of the specific details, uh, these are all brands that are, I guarantee are in all of our homes uh, that to all of the listeners today. The, you absolutely interact with uh, and purchase products from every single one of the brands that represent our, our engineering expertise. Do you see any um, hesitance or fear among um, the people that you recruit to come to your uh, your company uh, in, in wanting to move to Seattle at all? I mean, has the events that we see uh, deterred people, or is it still kind of a cool hip, you know, high-tech place to be and to, and to go? Uh, well, fortunately, uh, I'll answer your question two different ways. Uh, we've been very fortunate from the perspective of being able to, to find really deep software talent uh, in market uh, in and around uh, the Redmond area where, where, where we're based. Uh, that, that we've been extremely fortunate in. And uh, as well as being able to find and recruit the right candidates from uh, abroad all, all over the country, still absolutely being willing to not only come to the Seattle as the, the, the hip, cool place that it is that you mentioned, but also as, as for the opportunity, right? Really doing something different that, uh, quite frankly, no other OE uh, has the scale to achieve. I, I mentioned 20 million cars over the last two years. No, no other OE has done that. Um, and we're, quite frankly, we intend and we're, we're going to be the market leader in this space. Uh, you know, Volkswagen has made a commitment that they're going to invest $28 billion with a B over the next five years uh, into, into, you know, mobility. This, this is going to happen, and we're going to be the ones to do it. Awesome. That, that, that's got to be good news for the, uh, for the civic leaders and the people that uh, have to create and, um, and, and are in charge with making sure that people have jobs, uh, not only high-tech jobs, but all of the uh, ancillary jobs that go along with, um, uh, you know, with a, a big operation like this. Oh, absolutely. Um, we, in fact, uh, we're also um, we're continuing to grow. Uh, there's there's still a number of, of, of skills that we need to bring to bear uh, on the issues that we're going to be working on in, in 2021. Uh, Volkswagen absolutely has got its sights set on some, some very aggressive goals, which uh, necessitate the need for some additional expertise that we need to bring to the team. So we are actively looking for uh, talented individuals that are you know looking to, to really be game changers and contribute to the societal impact that we're going to have as an organization. Uh, I, I cannot think of anything from from my personal perspective that I think that would have a greater societal impact than the kinds of things that we're working on in terms of the, the autonomous perspective, as well as the, the, the environmental perspective in really taking the, uh, uh, you know, taking the time and do, doing electrification uh, in a way that no one's ever done, really bringing it to the masses. And uh, there, you know, there's a product coming, in, you know, coming uh, coming to uh, to a dealership near you very soon, the Volkswagen ID4, uh, a phenomenal car, a phenomenal yeah. car. 
that that is uh, that, that that's just you know it, it makes the technology accessible, and it all, you know you mentioned experience as well, but making it easy. Uh, yes, is there range anxiety across the board from the perspective of, of electric vehicles? There is, but I guarantee that we're going to be able to solve that. But making it easy to to own uh, an elect, you know to own and use an electric vehicle. Uh, that absolutely is, is, is a problem we, you know, a problem we deal with from, from an experience perspective. We want to make the experience easy. Um, there's a reason your mobile phone didn't come with an owner's manual because it, there's a, a lot of investment and thought that went into the experience. We're doing the exact same thing. All right, final question for you, Soren. Where do we go from here? Where does, where does, do we look at this? We go and we see these wonderful cars, uh, that are on auto show floors or online and, where do we see this technology transfer from the auto shows into the vehicles that we get into every day and drive to work, to school, uh, on our vacations? Sure, that's a great question, Vinny. Uh, let, let me respond to you. Let me respond to you this way. Uh, very recently, actually, it's it's hitting it's hitting the uh, the press wires right now at the Consumer Electronics Show. Um, that was there was some some more information that was released around the Audi e-tron GT. Now, as you and your listeners may or may not know, uh, Volkswagen as a group is is a number of of global brands, right? This is inclusive of Volkswagen, Audi, Porsche, Lamborghini. What that means is, and that's just that's just a subset. That's not all. And there's 11 brands uh, in Volkswagen Group. What this means is there is a there's a level of innovation and a scale of innovation that is shared across those brands that's that's unprecedented. Now at CES, the Etron GT, the Audi Etron GT, uh, uh, absolutely showcased a number of technology advancements in terms of uh, renewable materials, in terms of battery technology, in terms of uh, uh, we'll call it occupant driver uh, experience inside of that vehicle. If you take a look at that specific product, that model. Uh, that that is coming to production. That is real, and that is a as, as a testament to the kinds of technology that will find its way uh, into other products that are going to be that will be made available to consumers to the rest of the, the the Volkswagen brands, right? So as a as a halo, as a testament in terms of like the kinds of things that are going to be possible, or things that are available right now, that's a great place to to start and look at for something that isn't something that you might get it in the future. This is something you can get to now. That vehicle is, has been announced. And, and how, how we're helping these advancements in the technology from the product, these products will be connecting to the automotive cloud in terms of changing the experiences as they go forward after they've been purchased, meaning, again, going back to your mobile phone, you get updates to your phone. You will also get updates to your car, revolutionizing that experience, making that experience better, uh, uh, updating software inside of the vehicle without having to schedule an appointment, being able to, uh, 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 you know, purchase additional, you know, purchase or, or, or use and consume other cloud-based services inside of the vehicle. These are the kinds of things that we're going to make possible with Automotive Cloud, and it'll be our local engineering talent that's going to make that possible. Zarn, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. I really appreciate you taking some time to, um, you know, to educate us a little bit more on, number one, the cloud and what it does and what it is and what it can do, but also the fact that... Um, uh, that you guys are here in Seattle, which is, uh, you know, for me, always a point. Well, you know, my name is New York. Seattle is my home. Uh, you, you know, a point of civic pride to have this, um, uh, you know, the, the Volkswagen Automotive Cloud Unit here. Uh, one quick final question. you think what you're doing here will encourage other manufacturers to come here as well? Uh, I, I'm not sure if, if I can comment on other manufacturer strategies, but I know for us, uh, being here with the talent and the technology partners that are in this market is very critical for us to be here. And, uh, uh, again, I also want to reemphasize that, hey, we're looking for more talent. So if you're looking to change, you know, really make an impact, um, we're hiring. Where would people go to, uh, to look over what uh, types of jobs you have available? Oh, absolutely. So uh, a great place to actually start is to just go ahead and give us a search on LinkedIn, um, you know, search for uh, Volkswagen Automotive Cloud uh, or even, you know, Volkswagen. Uh, that, that If you look at the work locations, you'll see Redmond in, in the uh, any of the postings throughout there. Any of the Redmond postings, that's us. Awesome. Uh, Zorn, thank you so much for spending time with us. I really appreciate it. And uh, good luck. And uh, we'll run into you on the freeway somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> 
Well, we won't be running into each other, well, but we will see each other. We'll wave. We'll wave. We'll wave at each other. All right, my friend. Thank you for the information. Thank you for the time. Thank you, Vinny, for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Zoran Lazowski from Volkswagen, the CEO of the Volkswagen Automotive Cloud Unit, uh, located right here in Redmond. Local and um, kind of groovy to know that uh, the future of your car is being developed right across the lake. Uh, quick break here. We come back with our cartoon of the week. Saturday morning cartoon right here on Drive Time Radio. Ever look inside a drop of gasoline? We do at Tidewater again and again, splitting the tiniest of drops even smaller and smaller and smaller. Then we check the balance of molecules to learn all that science can learn. All to make Flying A the most advanced gasoline of today and for tomorrow. From other Tidewater research programs come new ways to bring your car a longer engine life with lubricants designed to protect under all conditions in any climate. That's why Vidal motor oils are so widely used in 82 countries around the world. And Tidewater research also brings you greater safety with the remarkable new Flying A safety ride tire. First with the revolutionary Dynapol tread. New safety ride tires take extreme punishment with an extra margin of safety. Watch. At 50 miles per hour, these Flying A tires on the left stop 39 feet safer than other premium tires. New gasolines developed in Tidewater laboratories have to prove themselves under the widest range of driving conditions. They're tested for winter driving high in the mountains, tested for summer heat out on the desert, tested for start and stop driving too, tested and tested to make sure Flying A gasoline puts more action in your car wherever you drive. This research is just part of Tidewater's one and a quarter billion dollar investment for your car. And here's where it all pays off for you. In finer products and better service at your Flying A dealer. Drive in at Tidewater's sign of quality, Flying A. Easy on the ears, good for the soul. Alternative Talk 1150. You know, I ought to try using that uh, in, a, in a single Z. Easy on the eyes and good for the soul. That's Vinny Ricci. <laughs> Back here on Drive Time Saturday morning. Thank you so much for uh, for uh, joining us and coming along for the ride as we do. We see all our people this morning on uh, Facebook Live, and we thank you from uh, all over the world, wherever you are listening from this morning. We appreciate that, as well as our people here in Seattle that are listening uh, in the Northwest on 1150 KKNW and uh, uh, some other uh, and on the Internet. Don't forget, you can get our podcast uh, that comes to you. Uh, it's usually up about uh, an hour or two after the show, and you get it at Apple and Stitcher and all of the different podcast providers uh, that are out there. We're, uh, we're all over the place with the podcast, and we love doing that as well. All right, time now for the Saturday morning cartoon. Every Saturday morning, we pick out a song uh, that has to do with cars or traveling or automotive, but it's it really, we try to base it around cars. And uh, when I saw this one, I really, uh, I got excited. I'm very excited. Uh, this is from a singer-songwriter uh, who is originally from New England, uh, but uh, many years ago moved down to Nashville and has opened for people like Alison Krauss and finally was uh, put his own album out and now has 11 of them to his credit. It's part of the alternative uh, country folk scene, which is one of my favorites. Uh, you know, the kind of goes back and forth between Nashville and Austin. And if you're uh, riding that bus, you're uh, you're listening to some good music uh, as them guitar players travel back and forth to those different cities, and uh, Nashville and Austin. Uh, his name is Rob Pickett, Pickett, and um, as I said, he has 11 albums out. And in perusing his stuff, somebody turned me on to him. And in perusing his stuff, I came across this song that. Um, 
that reminded me of my sister. And uh, my sister Marianne uh, used to have this uh, this Falcon, this 65, uh, well, I think it was a 67, might have been a little bit uh, later, but she had this, it was her first car, really, uh, this Ford Falcon that was uh, blue with a light blue top, four doors, and had every, every option in it that you could get in the Falcon. And it was her pride and joy. Man, did she love this car. And, um, unfortunately, as a big brother can do sometimes, uh, you know, you'll, you'll borrow the car or something like that and not leave it in the same condition. Or take a trip to California and not leave your sister in the same condition. But, um, maybe by playing this song that she'll know that, uh, that I think about her and I think about the, her, her 65 Ford Falcon all the time, and if I could do anything in the world for Marianne, I would find that car, rebuild it uh, to the T, and give it to her. It would be, uh, be a wonderful thing, a sign of my appreciation for, uh, for her being my sister, which, believe me, probably isn't an easy job, uh, being my sister. So here's Rob Pickott and um, 65 Ford Falcon. There you go, Rob Pickott. And 65 Falcon, that one goes out to my sister, uh, who um, loved her 65 Falcon. Man, one of these days, we're just going to find one, fix it up, and, and give it to you so you can ride off into the sunset happy as a camper. All right, Strife Time Radio, uh, we have our review of the week uh, coming up here, our road test. Our Drive Time Radio road test will be taking the um, Lexus... Uh, IS-300 out for a ride, but you can't have next week. You can't have this week until you have this... Wait. <laughs> you can't have next week until you have this week. And that would mean, ladies and gentlemen, that it's time for my good friend, uh, our producer, the man who holds the show, show together. Where would we be without Nathan? Nathan, good morning. Good morning, Vinny. How are you, Nathan? Doing pretty well. Now, do you want to use the pre-recorded this morning, or do you want to do it live? Well, if I did it live, there's a very personal question I would have for the car, and that's would I fit in the car, because I'm six foot six. But let's go ahead and use the pre-recorded one so that we cover everybody's basis. Well, you know... Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? But see, Nathan, you just gave me an idea for a segment. You see, we should have we should we should come up with when when COVID is over, when we can actually like see each other and be human again. Uh, if I ever can get my my uh, vaccination, I mean I've tried now for a week to get a damn vaccination. You can't get on any of these uh, lines or anything. You know what do you call it? Um, Accused to get a vaccination, so I could be you know. I gotta hope the the bug doesn't catch me first. But if I get a vaccination, and if this all works out, we ought to do a segment every Saturday morning. Will Nathan fit in the car? And that could actually be a real thing because people that are tall like me, that's a easy make or break deal on a car. No, oh, yeah. no salesman is gonna convince you to buy a car you can't fit in. <laughs> They'll try though. <laughs> They, they certainly do. <laughs> well, no, we ought to, we ought to do that because I'm wide. Uh, you know, obviously I'm a big guy. I'm wide, so we can give it the ultimate uh, the mutton Jeff test. He, he gets in, and you're tall, and if you can't fit in it, and then uh, you know we know if I can fit in them or not. So uh, well, maybe we should do that when the when the COVID subsides and we can we can once again. You know, get get together. We'll have to figure out some uh, some meeting point. We'll we'll add that into our, uh, uh, our our repertoire of fine features that we do here. And at least for me, I could probably get a drop top convertible and lower the top, and then boom, my head has nothing to worry about. Or I could get a sunroof in the car and be like Dino from the Flintstones. A exactly, yubba dubba doo, baby. <laughs> All right. So, what are you driving this week, Vinny? Okay, what am I driving this week? What am I driving? Oh, yes. I am driving. This is a sentimental car for me. I'm driving a Toyota 4Runner, which is, uh, you know, for people that know Toyotas and they know these uh, big four-wheel drive, take-it-off-road cars, uh, Toyota was um, 
really uh, uh, kind of the original with the forerunner. They, they took a, a pickup truck back in the day. This was the late 80s and, uh, you know, put a uh, little softer seats in there and stuff and, and called it a forerunner and put a special package on it. Hi, you know, height got it more ground clearance. You could take this thing up into the woods and... Um, uh, it's developed into a more luxurious vehicle, uh, but when I first got to Pittsburgh, uh, to Pittsburgh, listen to me, when I first got to Seattle, um, I got a car. Uh, I was driving a Nissan 510 wagon, which was cool, but I needed something a little better, a little more reliable to get me where I was uh, going. So the, the folks down at um, Burian Toyota, Al and Dean Anderson, uh, were down there, uh, along with Big Bobby, who doesn't work there anymore, but I'm still in contact. And they put me in a, a, a brand new, at the time, 93 Forerunner. And um, I loved that car. I never even thought about that car for myself, because I'm not a big honking four-wheel drive-off-the-road kind of guy, you know. But it was nice to know that if, if the world was ending, you could drive up to the top of a mountain. And hang out there and be okay. And so, um, Al and Dean fixed me up with this car. I said, no, you'll love this car. And uh, they were absolutely right. So, it was very sentimental. You know, and I used to pick my daughter up in the car and, and, and drive it down to the Bay Area to see her. And, and when she was living down there with my ex-wife. And, we, you know, we went to all these different things together in the, in the cars. We, I, I wound up having two of them in a row. Um until about 97, I think, or 98, something like that. And um, so the car had a lot of special memories for me. Now, fast forward to this week, and uh, Toyota, and I've driven a few between them, but Toyota says, come on, get in the, get in the 2021 Forerunner. And, um, you know, it's funny because it hasn't changed all that much as far as um, the basic idea, it's still there. Uh, a strong, powered, torquey wagon that gets you out of trouble if, you're, if you get into trouble uh, off, the, uh, off the road, that you can take it up into the mountains or up into the woods or fishing or hunting or whatever you do and not have that fear that it's long enough in the back that if you want to sleep in there, you can do that. You know, you, you're a hunter, you want to sleep in the woods and whatever you, whatever you like to do, knock yourself out. Uh, but it's also, you know, it comes with some new equipment that it didn't have before with the, you know, plug-ins and a, a great thing that you can move up, that you can um, pull out. There's a cooler in the back and you go and you pull it out and you have like a, a table that you can eat on and everything. Very, very, very impressive vehicle. And I picked my daughter up from work in it last night. And, uh, you know, you can get emotionally attached to vehicles. You know how that works. And I, I, I picked her up from work last night. I just looked at her. You know, she's 27 now. 28, excuse me. And, and you know, she got in the car and I just, you know, it kind of hit me. You know, I got a little verklempt. I got a little verklempt when she got in the car. I was like, you know. And so, you know, I mean, I remember when she was a little baby, you used to put her in the back seat, you know, in a car seat, strap her in, and I talk to her back there. And now, you know, here she is sitting next to me, plugging her uh, iPhone into the thing, into the uh, Apple uh, CarPlay, and, you know, and, 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 you know, playing rock and roll songs for me. Hey, Dad, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? So, uh, we'll have the full report on the car next week, but just a... Uh, uh, you know, one of those things where you just sometimes uh, the emotion of a car can uh, can get to you, and uh, it, it did yesterday. So the the Forerunner seems to have all of the stuff in the same places that it did. I'm familiar with this car. I can't wait today to take it up to the mountains and take it uh, on a ride. Who knows? Maybe I'll even have some fun this afternoon to stop by and see uh, Dean Anderson and uh, and the crew down there at Burian Toyota. And uh, I'll pull up with a Toyota 4Runner and look at me like, what'd you do, go buy one somewhere else? No, 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 no. Anyway, all right, quick break here. We come back and we'll do our, um, our uh, road test of the week. Just stick around. It's Draft Time Radio. <laughs> 
daydream corner called Mustang. This is the car that dreams are made of. So dream your own Mustang. Take your choice of a six or three V8s. Power steering, power brakes, automatic or standard transmission, dozens of options. But as standard equipment, you get bucket seats, wall-to-wall -wall carpeting, all vinyl upholstery, padded instrument panel, and full wheel covers. Even though Mustang is a dream, its low price is a beautiful reality. Test drive one right now at your Ford dealers in Pleasant Dreams. Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk, AM 1150. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hi, welcome back to Drive Time. It is uh, the time for the radio road test. The radio road test here on... 1150 KKNW, Drive Time Radio, and this week we got a chance to take out the Lexus IS300. And um, an impressive car. Impressive car. They just redesigned this car for 2021. It is, um, it was, it, I, I like, I love the lines on this car. Uh, they they can't, gave it more of uh, the Lexus to, Deep lines toward the rear, the wider flare out in the back uh, than you have in the front. On the um, the, the bigger, uh, excuse me, the more expensive uh, lines like the F Sport, you have uh, blackout grille and blackout wheels and so on and so forth. Uh, but the um, uh, but a, a, a very snappy car, very uh, you know, very well done. As far as outside aesthetics, you're not going to, uh, people aren't going to look at you and say, boy, you're driving an ugly car. Uh, it's a classy looking car. It looks a little different than a lot of the other stuff out there because of those lines in the side. And they do a certain kind of little boat tail thing with the trunk uh, that really, really, really looks cool. I, I spent um, uh, a lot of time just checking it out and just really, uh, really thinking whoever did put, it's a simple line that they put around the trunk, but yet, when you look at it, it distinguishes this car from anything else. Um, going inside the car, well, see, that's where you start to suffer. They seat this, they say this thing seats five, and, uh, it, it will, but they better be five small people. Uh, it was, it's a, it's an entry-level, small, compact, luxury car and it feels like it when you get in there uh when you get into competition it doesn't feel as much but it, it, it is unless you're a smaller person let's just say that nathan and i are not gonna you know he's six feet i'm six wide we're not gonna fit in this car well and uh, therefore it's sometimes i thought it was almost um it was interesting to evaluate it because I don't have trouble evaluating cars, but you, you do want to be on the smaller side uh, to drive this car. If you're a big, tall person or a wide person, you're probably not going to be impressed with this car. Engine-wise, it um, it needs uh, it needs a little more oomph to it. It had the um, I think it had the two, uh, 241 horsepower turbocharged four. And it was okay. It was, but it's not gonna, you know, it, it's not gonna blow you away with performance. And unfortunately, in this class, you do now need a car uh, with the uh, Genesis's and the BMWs that you have to go up against in this class. You need something uh, that will blow you away. I did like the way the car rode. I liked the, you know, they, they played around with the chassis and suspension for 2001. And uh, 2021, excuse me, and uh, they they did some really trick things to it, and I thought um, did a nice job with giving you a car that combines uh, a decent feel of the road with uh, lopping up some of the uh, imperfections in the road, so it doesn't feel like your butt is dragging along the ground. Uh, very, very, I thought very, very, very important for this car because. There are people that can live with a little bit of a, 
less power in a car, but if a car rides rough and doesn't have power, it makes it a hard sell. And at least uh, this car had um, a lot of, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of uh, refinement in the ride, and it, and it felt really good. But again, it's in a tough competition. You got it going up against the BMW 3 Series uh, and the new Genesis, and both of those cars uh, shine. Cargo space is uh, small on a small side for the class. As I said, uh, you want to, you can fit four people in here. Uh, don't try five. It'll only give you heartbreak in the Angela. I like the way that they've improved the navigation system, and there is a full suite of um, safety stuff in this car, from automatic braking to lane keep to blind spot. I mean, it's all there. If you're going for this thing, you want to get the, the larger uh, screen, a 10-inch touchscreen. And I'm, I'm so glad that they improved their um, uh, their interface with it. You can use the touchscreen now as well. So, um, you know, you get the IS300, all-wheel drive, 241 horsepower. Uh, gas mileage will get you about uh, 19 to uh, 20, uh, 19 city 26 highway and it has a very very good reliability uh rating as well you're gonna pay um if if you go for this um uh the all-wheel drive you're gonna go about forty six thousand dollars by the time it's all said and done and again go if you if market if you're in the market and you're a toyota loyal person especially go sit in this car drive it and see if it is the car for you I liked it. I just thought that the competition outshines it. That's the Drive Time Radio Road Test. That's also our show for today. Um, again, uh, started on a sad note with Larry King, but ended it on an up note with Nathan. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next Saturday if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise.